This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This is Hemet and Jessica, and you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support what we're doing. Yeah. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm ready for to talk about some stuff. Yeah, let's do this right. thing. You want to let me go with this one because it's the one that I know is going to enrage you to no end. And we'll just get that out of the way. Some people would say that would make you a bad friend, but not me. That's right. Not I. Okay, here's the backstory. Okay. A couple of years ago, a guy named Tim Johnson, uh, he admits to his wife that he molested an underage girl. Oof. Yes. They did not tell the cops. You know what his wife suggested? Praying on it. No. Oh. No, close. Go to our priest, pastor? Go to, yeah, go to our local Mormon temple and you confess what you did to the church elders. Mm Kind of like confession in the Catholic church. And that is what he did. What about this you think would make me mad? This feels reasonable and great for everyone. Just you wait. (laughs) So he goes to the Mormon church, he confesses. Mm -hmm. And so now a couple of these Mormon leaders at the church know what he did. Mm -hmm. And we're talking, I don't know who the victim was in relation to this guy. The only thing I found is that she was known to the family. I don't know what that means, if it's a relative or someone else, but she was known. But the leaders of the Mormon church know that this guy did something wrong, and Uh he just confessed to it. So guess what those LDS leaders did? Literally nothing. They told the cops. What? I know. I know. Wait, really? They did the right thing. I guess it's the Catholics mostly who do that, who (laughs) hold that... uh, Secret, secret keeping, pretty important. Yeah, they say this is like, this is a rule that we have. We are not allowed to, it's, it's, uh, I forgot the word. I should know the word. Anyway, <laughs> they tell the cops, good for them. Yeah. Those cops went ahead and arrested this guy. Cool. He has now been sentenced. This was last year, actually. This all happened. Uh-huh. He's been sentenced to 15 years in jail. What? He pled guilty to, quote, four counts of second degree sexual abuse, He was charged with some other stuff, but this is what they eventually got him on. Uh And here's the story, and here's why I'm bringing this up this week. Mm -hmm. The wife is now suing the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. You know why? Because they ruined her husband's life. Mm -hmm. They ruined her husband's life. No. No. The four kids are also named as plaintiffs. They have four kids. All four are also suing the Mormon church. Holy shit. Yeah. Basically, their argument, the family's attorney says, the man's confession was meant to be confidential. And by telling the police, the church, quote, totally violated church policy. Here's the part that'll get you. Mm -hmm. It's been devastating on the family. 
They lost a husband and a father. Fuck them. I mean, okay, I'm sorry. <sighs> Fuck, I don't know how to feel about <laughs> this. Because on the one hand, like, yes, this is also happening to his family. But also... Like, you can have empathy for the kids. Yeah. While also saying, too bad, you got what you deserved. Like, and he like, ruined his own life. You ruined your own life. You ruined some other girl's and life. No one seems to... The lawyer doesn't care about her. Yeah, and he, the lawyer goes on to say, clergy knew or should have known that violating the doctrine of confidentiality under the circumstances alleged in this complaint would most certainly injure his wife and children financially. Oof. Oofa doofa. Can you imagine wanting to go to law school and becoming a lawyer only to, like, argue, why won't you all think of the molester? Oh, my God. Because that's what this guy is doing. Oh, that is bad shit. He also said, and there's no backup for this, but this is what the lawyer said. Other church members are appalled by what the Mormon leaders did in this case. Really? Like, he didn't quote them or anything. That's just what he said. But if that's true, I've never once heard anyone say, hey, those religious leaders are way more ethical than the people in the pews. Like, Shit. That, that doesn't happen anywhere else. And here's here's the thing. Guess what they're suing for? Oh, da- I mean, I assume financial damages? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, almost $10 million. Holy The God. wife Christ. wants five and a half. Each child, four of them, wants a million, and then 40000 in legal fees to make up for the family's lost time. Now, I should say, their argument is that Oregon, where all of this happened, it wasn't in Utah, mm-hmm. it happened in your Oregon, that is one of 28 states where church leaders are considered mandatory reporters, like a public school teacher. Mm-hmm. If you're a teacher in the school and a kid tells you my dad is beating me, mm-hmm. you have to, by law, tell the counselor right. and let someone know about it so they right. can act. There are ex- like They say if you're a priest and someone tells you, you got to tell someone too. But there are exceptions in Oregon's law mm-hmm. that say if someone tells it to you when you, they thought it... Oh, sacrament. That's what we're doing. <laughs> If they tell it to you during confession, because that's a sacrament, or anything that where there's implied confidentiality, mm-hmm. then that's an exemption to the law, which is what we oh. are always arguing about right. when it comes to these issues. Like, well, if someone goes into a Catholic confession booth and says, I've molested all these kids, yeah. doesn't the priest on the other side have an obligation to let someone know so that this thing doesn't happen again. Right. And the Catholic Church's argument everywhere has been, oh no, we don't have to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not our job. We have a responsibility to our God and right. to the person confessing to help them and say, okay, three molested kids, that's like eight Hail Marys, we're done here. <laughs> that's their argument. They're fighting against being mandated reporters. And so the lawyer in the family's defense mm-hmm. is saying, well, the Catholic church leaders violated the law by telling people something that was told to them in secret, except the Mormon the, church leaders. You mean? Yes. The other argument though, is that there's no law that says they can't tell the, they're not obligated to tell. Yeah. They're not obligated to tell. So this is the flip side of it. Like they did the right thing. Yeah. Basically this family suing the Mormon church for doing the thing we always hope church leaders do. Right. And they're really mad about it. So, so nine point five million dollars. Like, how did they? I'm curious how they came up with that because I, I, I don't know if it's lost wages over fifteen years or uh, emotional I mean, support. It, and I damages guess if this guy's and, making like fucking seven hundred fifty grand a year. Yeah, I guess whatever. that. <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't know what he was doing before all this, but like, I don't say this often. I hope the Mormon church wins in court. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is a strange feeling to be yeah. on the side of the church. I feel kind of dirty saying it. Yeah, I don't know if I like it. Yeah, I know. But wow. Yeah. It's a messed oh, up story. That's really fucked. Yeah. They're suing the church for turning in a child molester. No good. Jesus. No good at all. <laughs> okay. Here's another one for you. <laughs> Uh, I'm just getting all the bad ones out of the way. Cool, fun. Yeah, fun don't worry. Me. I'm sure there's some fun ones waiting. Good for my mental health. Uh, you may have read a story this week about a 36-year-old British man. I won't try to say his name. Last name's Sanaga. But basically, the, the tabloids and the newspapers in Britain have referred to this guy, and I'm quoting here, the most prolific rapist in British legal history. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, as I'm shocked I haven't heard about this. Yeah, my understanding of what this guy did is he would go... Raped to, a lot of people. Besides that. He would apparently go to bars, gay bars. He would pick up other men because they're... Oh. I don't know if he's drunk, but they were drunk. Uh-huh. He would get them back to his apartment where he would drug them. Oh, he had Jeffrey Dahmer them. And then he wouldn't kill them. He would assault them and he took video of it all. Oh, fuck. So like... He videotaped, that. this is according to the, the newspaper reports, he videotaped the assaults of at least 195 different men, and that's just the ones they have proof of Jesus. with the videos. So, they, the judge in this case, I mean, now he's behind bars. Yay. Good. She acknowledged there may be more victims. Uh-huh. She said this guy is, quote, an evil serial sexual predator, which is the least you could say. Sure. Um, but the reason I bring this story up here is one of the things you do when you're in a criminal investigation like this is you say, well, look, here's people who can vouch for my good character. Sure. So this guy asked his church. Oh, no. He has a church. And his church that he goes to sent a letter to the church, uh, sent a letter to the judge basically saying he's a good guy. And here's what they said in the... Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, this is what the judge said. When she, after she got the letter, uh-huh. and clearly she looked at it, she's like, <laughs> no. Absolutely not. And then she sentenced him. But here's what she said, and I didn't like this. It is almost beyond belief that someone who could profess some Christian faith could at the same time have been committing such wicked and evil crimes. Like... Really? I is know it, is it prolonged beyond? silence isn't good on a podcast, but Jesus fucking Christ. Is it really beyond belief? Because there's a lot of criminals oh who God. love their Bible or who pretend to love their Bible. Like that to me, I'm like, yeah, he goes to church. Of course he goes to church. Yeah. Like I'm not saying atheists couldn't do the same horrible stuff, but like I'm not surprised when a criminal is found to have a connection to a religious group. That happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> This judge seems shocked by the fact that, oh, he goes to church and he's a horrible person? I cannot believe it. Who would have thought? Yeah, we're just lucky that she just didn't care what the church said and sentenced him anyway. But, like, we've said this before, but, like, look, faith is not a virtue. Just because you're religious, you should not get any special credit Uh that you haven't earned yet. Right. Like, look to the White House. Come on. You don't, doesn't matter how much religion you have in your life. And here's my fear. And I don't know what the legal system is going to look like for this guy in the future. But like, I wonder if he suddenly finds God in prison or re-finds God in prison. He's already religious. He's 
probably yeah. gonna lean into that and or try to says get... like I'm behind bars I got nothing else to do I'm just gonna read the Bible are they gonna give this guy any sort of leniency oh. beyond what he might deserve what was his sentence um I need to look that up but I mean is it like a lifetime type sentence or is uh, it yes okay. he got sentenced to life in prison so like but those can be reduced oh, sometimes. Of course. so that's my question i don't know the answer it's just rhetorical i wonder if this guy leans into religion is anyone gonna be lenient on this guy because of that so when they consider like reduction in in sentencing and parole and things like that it generally mm-hmm. is like a what their behavior was like while they were in prison and b like do they still um um, represent a threat to right. the community where he's going to be released to. And I cannot imagine that there's anybody who would be gullible enough to say like, oh, this guy is religious now. Let's set him loose and like cross our fingers that he doesn't. Right. Like he hasn't like raped I, a single person in prison. <laughs> so like, I wish you were right. I don't have that confidence in people. I know. Like, I know you do. Someone's going to be like, well, he's religious now. He's learned the error of his ways. So let's let him loose or whatever. Supervised. Yeah. What? No, like mm. I'm shocked. I, again, I'm glad the judge did the sentencing. I'm glad she ignored the church's letter. I'm right. shocked that she's like, you're a Christian and horrible. I cannot believe those two things what? go together. What world does this judge live in where those two things don't collide all the time? Right. Okay. Wow. How long was this guy fucking operating that he... Uh, he's 36. Re- Jesus. He's not 87 and been doing this like three yeah. days a week or something. He's 36. How do you... I don't want to know. How does he get that much drugs? Dude. That was a really naive question. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, different story <laughs> okay. in 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 Texas, maybe? Yes, in Texas. Okay. There's a 11-month-old baby... Baby? Is that a baby? Yes, that's You're a baby. You're the one with literally two children. Eh, I assume they're adults. 11-month-old. <laughs> she's paralyzed. Oh. It's bad. I don't think she's going to live much longer, whatever she has she, left. She was born that she way or there's an accident? pretty much born that way. Okay. She had a heart defect. She had oh. lung disease. It's a, hor- I mean, a horrible situation. Sure. I cannot imagine being the Going parent that, in that yeah. position and having to go through that. It is awful. So she's been in... She's, I don't think she's ever left the hospital in Fort Worth, Texas. Oh. She's not going to make it. And doctors have made it clear that there's nothing they can do for her. Mm-hmm. So this brings us back to a question that has come up before a lot of times. What do you do when the doctors say she will not survive? Mm-hmm. She is suffering. Mm-hmm. We have no options. There right. is no there is no option for her. She is suffering now. The doctors want to remove the life support Mm -hmm. because she's suffering. The only thing that is going on for the rest of whatever life she has left is bad stuff. Yeah. Again, I get that the mother of the child would say no. Yeah. But now everyone else is jumping in on the Terry Schiavo-like type of thing where they're like, no, we must keep her alive. All the pro-life people are all like, no, we have to keep her alive. Uh, One person said... Oh, the judge this week mm-hmm. on Thursday, the judge had to step in here and ruled in favor of the hospital because the hospital said, look, we want to take her off life support. We don't want to break the law or anything. Right. So we're asking the judge to step in, give us the power to do that legally mm-hmm. because that's what has to be done ethically for this baby now. Uh-huh. Um, but they couldn't do it because the mother wasn't giving them permission. The judge said, yeah, the hospital's right. Like the, you do what your expertise tells you to do. Mm-hmm. So I think they said in maybe a week they're going to take off the life support, whatever is 
they feel like they have to do. And the reaction to that judge's ruling Mm -hmm. is all, uh, this is a statement from the group Texas Right to Life. I am heartbroken over today's decision because the judge basically said Tinsley's life is not worth living. Uh, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton and Greg Abbott, the governor, they said this situation was complex and heartbreaking, which it is, yeah. and vowed to help Lewis, the mother, exhaust her legal options to keep Tinsley alive. <laughs> Again, I get the mother wants to keep the daughter alive, but all these other people, all they are doing is prolonging a baby's suffering. suffering. That's it. Yeah. Nothing else is going to happen. Their prayers will not make this better. They want to torture this girl as long as possible. The doctors are the one that want to put her out of her misery because that's all this is for her. Mm-hmm. And again, it's easy for me to say that when I have no connection to these people. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the dilemma here. Your heart, if you're the mother, has to do one thing. That's not the issue. It's the doctors and all these conservatives piling on who have no knowledge of what's going on here, who think they're doing the right thing, but Mm -hmm. they don't know what they're talking about, saying, we just want to torture her. Let her live so she can suffer immensely. That's what they want because, again, they are pro-life, they say. What sort of life is it if all you're doing is suffering? These are the same people who say if you're 80 years old and Mm -hmm. going through a disease that you are your life you know what's going on and you can express your thoughts right and you're saying everything sucks right i want to end my life this is my own decision right I'm, i have no mental illness here mm-hmm. i'm sound of mind i have witnesses let me end my life on my terms and they step in and say no we're gonna help you by letting you suffer longer it's god that's such a wild thing to me for if somebody wants to make an informed decision to end their own life, it, especially in a medical circumstance. Especially when it's their own decision. When it's, yeah, it's, it's just such, like, who gets to make that decision besides me? Let you me know, add like, to this. The girl, the 11-month-old Tinsley, mm-hmm. uh, she suffers from several conditions, including a rare heart defect, chronic lung disease, acute systolic heart failure. She cannot get oxygen from her lugs, lungs into her bloodstream. Mm. They tried surgery. It does not fix the thing that she has. Is she conscious? Um, conscious? They, I believe she is conscious, like, and that, again, if you're the mother, that's the thing that's keeping you going because she is reacting. Right. Um, But the doctors said she, I'm quoting here, she is in pain. Mm -hmm. Changing a diaper causes pain. Mm -hmm. Suctioning her breathing tube causes pain. Being on the ventilator causes pain. This is what they were arguing to the court, that the ethical thing to do is remove the baby from life support. So sad. And the argument from all of these people who are pro-life because they cannot think beyond that label right. is we must keep her alive because they preservation have... Preservation of life is... Preservation of life takes precedence yeah. over quality of life. Right. That sucks. Ugh, what a fucking sad story. Yeah. Horrible. Okay, you want a happier... I'll give you a happier oh one. I guess. All right. Here's a happy Can story. Can you do sadder than an 11-month-old kid who's dying? I Cause... figured I'd take a break before I get back to sad. <laughs> of course. Um, there's actually everything else is not as bleak. Okay. Here's the story. There was a group that launched last month in December. Okay. They're called the Lincoln Project. So guess which party? Whenever they say it's Lincoln. Yeah, Republicans. It's a Republican thing. Yeah. But this is never Trump Republicans. And so members of the Lincoln Project 
include people like George Conway, Kellyanne's husband, who is the <laughs> anti-Kellyanne Conway and everything except marriage. Who's the unlikely hero of 2019. Yeah. I, I don't fall for their shtick. They're up to something. They're selling a Kardashian show for post-presidency or something. Maybe. Um, Steve but Schmidt. it's very fun to watch. Steve Schmidt, who's the guy who likes... Said, let's go Sarah Palin yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to John McCain and is now a Trump sucks. Also, then he worked for what's his face in the Democratic primary or independent. Like, oh, um, he worked for somebody and it's like, dude, you're the not Starbucks guy. Yes. Yeah. Steve Schmidt went to go See, work for the Starbucks guy who was going to be a spoiler. Uh, Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz. Um, yeah. I'm ready for the show. <laughs> uh, Steve Schmidt. Who, again, I like him on MSNBC, and then I'm like, oh, right, no, you're not one of those. Yeah, he kind of teed up what we're going through right now. That's not even the point of this. So George Conway, (laughs) Steve Schmidt, there's a guy, Rick Wilson, who's a Republican strategist. There Uh are other Republicans who don't like Trump. Mm -hmm. They launch this project. So whatever, you launch a never-Trump thing. Who cares what's that going to do? But they released a video this week. God, it's called No. Really? It's called the MAGA Church. And I'll post a link in our show notes. Go watch this. It's only a couple minutes long. It is worth your time. Really? It sounds very cringy. All they did is they mashed up Trump's words Uh along with the words of the Christians who surround Trump. (laughs) So it's like, this is the man God sent. Uh I grabbed them by the pussy. Yeah. (laughs) God raised up a man like this to bring us deliverance or whatever. And then Trump making fun of uh, saying windmills cause cancer or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just a reminder that like it's, and by the way, they didn't just show hypocrisy Uh on the side of white evangelicals. They also showed the same like televangelist grifters who surround him saying like, no, we're doing this for Trump. By the way, give me $10,000 for my ministry so that I can do more of this. Oh, that is good. It's okay. showing that the I'm Christians, coming around. Yeah, the Christians who surround Trump are just as corrupt and greedy and awful mm-hmm. as he is. So it's it's That's beautiful. Good. It's What's a great the goal end. of this group? I don't even care. I think they're just <laughs> honestly, I think they're just trying to siphon away some yeah. of the white evangelical vote. Yeah. Because the whole point of the ad is to say, hey, white evangelicals, the eighty percent of you who voted for Trump of the ones who voted, mm-hmm. like Let's bring that down to 75. Right. That would make a huge difference in right. swing states. Right. I think that's the goal here. In a couple of the swing states where the Christian vote matters, because mm-hmm. any group is a tipping point. Sure. Let's try to bring some of you to either not vote for him mm-hmm. or vote for the Democrat mm-hmm. even better. That's the goal. I think that's the goal. So, but that is amazing. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. And the thumbnail for it says, God help us all. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good if nothing else it comes a week or two after <clears throat> uh christianity today put out that essay from their editor-in-chief saying Tell me, a couple of weeks ago yeah it where, feels like four months <laughs> where mark galley basically said he's been impeached now the, the government should remove him from office yeah. and again coming from the billy graham publication right. that was a big deal now you're starting to see more of these guys speaking out i mean it's eroding it's taken them long enough but i mean Good, good. Keep talking. Because again, if you take that number from 81% support to mm -hmm. like 76 in the swing states, that's all you need Mm because everyone else knows better. These people don't. They need some help. Yeah. Good. Give them that help. Um, Yeah. I feel like this is the debate that you and I have like at least once a month of like, 
do we reward people for doing the bare minimum of a good thing <laughs> in 2020 when Trump has been in the national stage as a politician for like fucking 10 years? Like, yeah. is that is that enough? Like, they're doing the right thing, I guess. They're doing the bare minimum. Too little, too late. But not too late, I should say. Just really, it took you three and a half years or whatever to figure out that this guy's awful. Right. You were willing to go along or, with everything until recently. Or worse, I think. And again, these guys were never Trump for a while. It's not like they were for him until today. But like, it took you long enough everyone else to speak out. Like, that's in the this thing. Way. It's like, is it worse if they have just changed their mind and are yeah. like, oh, actually, this guy's dangerous? Or is it worse that they're like, we've known for a long time. We just did not have the courage to yeah. to speak out all, about it. I will say, all three of those guys we mentioned earlier, they have spoken out since the beginning, sure. but. They didn't form the Lincoln Project until last month. Mm-hmm. What were they doing to to back this guy? Or yeah. at least not condemn him? Because, again, when you get up and say, yeah, I don't love Trump, but let me tell you what's wrong with every Democrat who right. says anything. Right. You're not helping. Yeah. Like, criticism yeah. is fine, but criticism when it's like... It's like all those atheist right-wing websites where it's like, no, no, I'm a liberal. I'm totally a progressive um, but let me just spend all my time trashing everyone who's liberal. Right. Um, and you, if you even dare to link me up with the right, I will get pissed off beyond belief. Right. But let me tell you why Nancy Pelosi is just a whining woman. Right. That sort of thing. Right. Uh, there was a tweet I just saw that made me laugh so fucking hard. And it is uh, by Levis Becker. Libertarianism is Thoreau building a cabin and living all self-reliant while his mom and sister bring him food and do his laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so fucking good. Oh, my goodness. Um, Can I do my thing? Go for it. Because it involves a dramatic reading from yours truly. Um, So, (laughs) uh, what is the Daily Wire? It's a conservative... It's a conservative site. Is... Is... It's it's one of those guys. Yeah. Um. So Andrew Calvin. Is that Ben's? Huh? I don't remember. I'll look it up. Oh, Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Is that his thing? Oh, I have no idea. I do not pay attention to that uh, shit, and yeah. until I get a really quality clip like this. <laughs> um. Do you know anything about the show The Witcher? No. Okay. Do, do you know it exists? No. Cool. It is a show on Netflix that I have seen mixed results on, and I think I promised some friends on New Year's Eve that we would do a book club and read the book, which I might be regretting. But <laughs> um, it's a fantasy show, okay. right? It's about a witch. Or yes. Witcher. I'm with you. Okay. Guess why <laughs> Andrew Clavin has a problem with this fantasy show, The Witcher? Because there's a witch in it? I'm going to read a, a, an excerpt from his show. Quote, The showrunner, Lauren Schmidt, announced that she was going to pay attention to the woman, and I immediately was put off by the fact that there's a queen in this who fights like a man, and there's a couple scene, scenes where women fight with swords. And I just hate these scenes because no woman can fight with a sword. Zero woman can fight with a sword. And what I mean by that is in this situation when you're fighting men who are used to fighting with swords, you're going to get killed if you are a woman with a sword 100% of the time, right? Now, a woman with a sword could kill someone. A woman with a sword could kill someone who doesn't know how to fight with a sword. But in a war situation where you're swinging the 5 to 10 pound sword again and again and again and against much, 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 much stronger men, they're going to kill you. So when you... (coughs) 
So when you write a woman who fights, and this queen is, she's a man. They should have written her character a man. She's a man. She's gross. She swaggers around. She rips into the meat and tears it with her teeth. He's describing chewing. (laughs) Um, And curses people out. She's a man. And there was like this feminist statement that I just thought, please, give me a break. And I don't know if that's in the book, but I was just like, give me a break. That's not the way women would behave in a fantasy book. I've seen Xena. Didn't she have a sword? Unclear. I love this. Like, his hatred for women is so on display here that he... The statement coming out of his mouth, zero women can fight with a sword, is genuinely (laughs) one of the most baffling things I have ever heard a human say. The women someone made up in their head and drew up the character of. two sides of this. One is women demonstrably can use swords because there's a fucking Olympic event with it. (laughs) And the other side is, it's a fantasy. And this is what you're mad about? Like, you're watching a fantasy show, you're you're suspending your disbelief, and then a woman... (laughs) Didn't people say, like, when they had the Little Mermaid live action and she was black, and they're like, Ariel isn't black. Ariel isn't real. What are you talking about? mermaid. Mermaids were invented by sailors who saw manatees. (laughs) Put that in your Jeopardy trivia. It's a true story, and it's (laughs) fucking hilarious. It will never not be my favorite piece of trivia, is that they think the legend of mermaids came because lonely sailors saw manatees, and were like, I'd fuck that. When I lose the game, I'm going to blame you. (laughs) But I think maybe, in addition to Zero Woman Can Fight With a Sword, which is truly outstanding... She's gross, and she rips into meat and tears it with her teeth, which is literally, he's describing eating. It is it is truly the most confusing. Like, imagine going through life, and you see a woman, like, eat ribs, and you're like, that should have been a man. No woman would do that. Like, it is a bananas statement. It is wild. Anyway. I always wonder, like, all the stuff we talk about is, like, Oh, this child's going to die mm-hmm. because of what some Christians did. Mm-hmm. And here's actual stuff going on in the world. Uh-huh. And those guys complain about women with weapons and like, how come the fantasy someone else created yeah. doesn't match the And they're angrier I than did. I am. And if our iTunes reviews are anything to go <laughs> off of, I am too angry. <laughs> there you go. You get a sword. Um, Oh, my God. No, I just want to carry a sword around. Like, this is what these people are turning me into. Yes. I'm just going to carry a sword around and, like, bonk people. I feel like I've told you this, but several years ago when I was working at a public high school, Uh um, I thought someone stole my credit card. Uh, and I knew this because I started getting packages that I never ordered. Okay. And they were sent to the so school. They, they stole your credit card and got you gifts? I Well, <laughs> they were gifts that, they were not weird. They were like hubcaps. I didn't understand the issue. Anyway, canceled the card. And then I thought, okay, problem solved. Like, I wasn't charged for any of it. I got a new card. We're all good now. Yeah. And then, like, weeks go by. And then a package comes. And I get a message that says, hey, there's a package. Come pick it up. So I go to the place where you get mail yeah. at school. And it's a box. And it was my off period. So I take it back to my desk. And I'm like, what, what did I order? A poster? Because it was that sort of uh-huh. a cylindrical yeah. box. And I open up the box. And I pull out a real goddamn sword. And I'm like, well, a I did A real sword. Yeah. No return address. I didn't order it. So I'm like, 
well, that's a weapon at school. Yeah. So I walk right up. So I walk to the, the security officer <laughs> at our school, <laughs> hand it to him like, <laughs> like I'm knighting him. And I'm like, listen, this is a long story, but I swear I didn't bring this here and I don't want it. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> You'll know what to do with he it, had, He didn't know who I was, but he looked at me like the f- hell is wrong with you okay can i posit an alternate reality where this was the beginning of your like superhero (laughs) story (laughs) because i swear i've read a book at some point where somebody receives a mysterious sword in the vegetarian who has never chewed off meat off a rib i don't know that i can carry a sword either who'd win a sword fight you or me Mm, yeah you'd probably kick my ass yeah Uh, i would just want you to say it yeah that's all right (laughs) Let's talk about Brazil. Oh, okay. There's a thing going on in Brazil. Uh, Netflix, I think we talked about this. Netflix has a Portuguese language satire. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's by this very popular YouTube comedy group, Porta dos Fundos, and they made a thing called The First Temptation of Christ, <laughs> where they portray Jesus as this gay guy who brings a date to dinner. <laughs> That's the gist of it. It's funny, I'm told. I haven't seen it. Um, but there's a petition online that with like 2 million plus signatures last time I checked saying, Netflix, you must remove this because they're all mad at the comedy thing someone wrote. Then the home offices of the creators, I think, I don't know if they were firebombed or oh close to getting firebombed, but it was a very... Very, uh, what was the French one? Charlie Hebdo, sort of like, Mm -hmm. I'm glad it wasn't worse, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, No one got hurt, but that threat, if nothing else, was there. Then, this week, a judge demanded Netflix remove this thing. A Brazilian judge? Yes. And he said, um, it's a temporary decision. Netflix, take this thing down. And he said... It would appease furious Christians, at least until a final decision is made by a higher court. And he said, exhibiting the artistic production may cause graver and more irreparable damage than its suspension. Wow. Is that... Like, how's that for free speech? I mean, if a court says Netflix take this down, they have to obey. Now, if there's good news to be had here, it's that pretty quickly after the judge said that, the Brazilian Supreme Court said, you no, can no, leave no. it up. Yeah. So it's not down or anything. Yeah. But the idea that like religious zealots are complaining about a funny thing someone made, so uh. it must come down because they can't just turn it off. That so anyone could say that and get away with it is, is the height of privilege. Oh, my God. Uh, and the idea that the judge would re- react and say, look, I got to calm down the crazy Christians here. So let's take this thing down. <sighs> yeah. Let's do all this. Um, <laughs> that's I'm, just you're appeasing the crazy people. Right. Don't listen to them. Right. I mean, Jesus, that's and it's not. Oh my God, if the film is causing irreparable damage. Right. It, what, what are these people watching? <sighs> It's a comedy skit. It's watching like SNL where you make fun of a gay Jesus for two minutes. No one's mistaking that for the Bible. (sighs) That's wild. Jesus. That's too bad. I got one last one for you. Okay. It's a short episode today. Um, Okay. If you want to send a package or Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, if you want to send a letter somewhere. Yes. The United States Postal Service does this thing where they allow some third party vendors who want to create their own stamps. And the Postal Service says, 
within certain limitations mm-hmm. if this company uh, wants to do that. Like you want to really? put, put a picture of your baby, you can make it into a personalized stamp. Huh. And it doesn't feel strictly legal, but okay. They, there's very strict rules about what you're allowed to put on there and what you can't put on there. Okay. But there are sites that allow it. And the Weird. U.S. Postal Service says as long as it's just on a letter and not on a package, oh. we're fine with it. Huh. Um, I think they get a cut of it or maybe they get all the money. I don't know how it works. Okay. But it's legal. Anyway. A woman in Texas is suing the Postal Service this week. Oh, good. And the re- uh, Maybe she did it last month, but it was news this week. And the reason is she went on one of those websites mm-hmm. and she submitted a variety of stamps mm-hmm. that are very religious. Oh. Like one of them says, God bless Texas. One says the same thing with a cross on it. Mm-hmm. Another one has a picture of the cross and it says Easter Sunday and it says, I am with you always, which not a Bible verse, but an interpretation of one. But basically, she wants these religious, overtly religious stamps. And she submitted the design. She's a designer. She submitted them to the site. And they basically wrote back and said, you're not allowed to do it because the rules that we have to abide by Mm -hmm. say... I bet everyone has to abide by. Everyone has to abide by is you cannot depict political or religious content. Okay. We don't care what it is. And you're allowed to have a Christmas tree. You're allowed to have like... Uh, things honoring a holiday. Sure. They have done a Mother Teresa stamp in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not promoting Catholicism. That's more saying, here's a religious person we right. all know, right. so we're honoring her that way. Whatever. Say what you will about it. But, like, that, there's a difference between that mm-hmm. and, hey, Jesus. Right. Like, let's all worship this guy. Right. Which is what this lady basically wanted to do. She said, I made this Easter design because I wanted to send Easter cards, and I thought it'd be nice to have this thing. And then you said no. Mm. And that's a violation. She's um, Her lawyer, or at least the lawsuit, says, Miss Fletcher has a sincerely held religious belief that she is compelled Brother. by the Lord to use her God-given artistic abilities to advance a religious message in all available communications media, How including custom stamps. stamps. They're not. Miss um, Fletcher considers these stamps to be an essential aspect of her religious practices. Because Jesus said... Like, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and put me on your goddamn stamps. This is required. This is what her religion says you have to do. Christ. Like, I was reading through the lawsuit itself, and it, her, her argument, her lawyer's argument, and this isn't even like I hand-wrote my own lawsuit here, right. which is the only way this would be make any sense. Uh-huh. No, she got people at First Liberty, like <laughs> that right-wing group, to do this. And their argument is, well, the Postal Service allows stamps depicting Kwanzaa and Hanukkah. Yeah, they do. And they allow Christmas Christmas trees. It's fine. That's not saying it's in honor of different cultures and how people celebrate stuff. That is not a religious message. Right. And by the way, they're not. What they should have said is. You guys allow, like, pro-atheism stamps. Mm-hmm. That would have been the right way to put it. Right. But they don't because <laughs> the Postal Service doesn't do that. Right. We don't get a special break on this. So they just want special perks. And again, <laughs> what this lady's really suing about is neutrality. Right. She's like, how dare you not give me, as a Christian woman, right. a special perk don't that no one else gets. you special I am? Yeah, don't you know how Jesus I am? That's How Jesus I am. And again, the fact is, it's not a crazy woman doing this. It's a crazy woman surrounded by lawyers who should know better. Right. But they choose not to because they work for a crazy group. <laughs> like, What if this was the biggest problem in your life, Emily? I, I wish I was that white and Christian. 
Like, what if the biggest problem in my life is that the post office wouldn't print a stamp I made? Like, what kind of free time does she have? She's a graphic designer. She has a lot of time. I, I want to see these stamps. I am very I have cute. a picture. Okay, good. Hold on. I'm coming around. I mean, I'm not going to, as someone who has no design skills, I'm not knocking her graphic design, but they're not like something. It's like Photoshop with the word she wrote on it. Like, I typed this into Microsoft Word with the clip art, like, artistic thing. I don't know what people do. If I'm a graphic designer and that's what I come up with, <laughs> I need to rethink my career path. <laughs> like, they're not bad, but, They're like, just stamps with a religious message. That's it. That's the entire problem. No one's saying you can't do it on your own. Yeah. No one's saying you can't, I don't know, make a postcard and then put a real stamp on it. Whatever. Do what you will. You don't need to make the postal no, service. They want to do exactly what they want to do, and they don't want any rules. <sighs> rules don't apply to them, Hammett. Yes. It's very important to remember that. You never remember how rules don't apply to Christians. Sorry. Forgot. Yeah. But I will say, if they make an exception for her, I know some Satanists who would love to make some yep. stamps. Yeah, let's unleash them. <laughs> I love that the Satanists have become like our weird attack dogs. Right. <laughs> of like... Oh yeah, you want to do this thing? I could have said could have said release the Satanists. Could have said all these atheist legal groups, but it's so much more fun to just say the Satan people are coming. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, That's all I got. I'm done for the week. There were other stories, but I'm just like I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. um, So next week's episode is probably going to be late. Because I'm going to be in California. Doing fun interviews. Doing, I have one interview that I just got finalized, and I'm fucking stoked about it. She and really I'll, is. It's all she talks about. It's very, very exciting for me. So that should be coming in a couple weeks. I'm, ugh, I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and yeah, a couple more, hopefully, that I'm going to be able to tee up. Also, okay, do you know my passion for doing like dumb touristy shit? Okay. So I love doing dumb touristy shit. So last time I was in LA, I went to like the La Brea Tar Pits and I went to the Griffith Park Observatory and I went to the Walk of Fame and the the Chinese theater with the handprints. Okay. Um, and I was like, shit, I think I've exa- exhausted all my dumb tourist shit. No, no. I booked a horseback ride to the Hollywood sign. I'm going to ride a horse up a hill to the Hollywood sign. It's going to be dope. I'm very excited about this. I'm shocked that that is the whitest thing you've said in this podcast. I'm not shocked. That is the whitest thing you've said on this podcast so far. I don't think it's the whitest thing I've said in this podcast. I think it might have been the dance that came with I'm riding a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a tweet that went out this past week, and somebody said, what's a thing about your life that is true but sounds like a lie? Yes. And mine was that Mitten and Romney told me and the private chef I was dancing with that we are good dancers as we dance to an Elvis impersonator in a <laughs> mansion in Montana. <laughs> yes. So I want to be very clear. So this is the second whitest thing you've said yeah. this week. And I want to be very clear. I was the kitchen help. I was not <laughs> attending this party. <laughs> Um, but yeah, do you have anything exciting going on you want to talk about? I am studying like hell. Oh yeah. You guys, I'm trying so hard. Yeah. And I'm very excited (laughs) about this. I've told a lot of people about it. (laughs) I have not. You (laughs) haven't? I mean, I don't know if podcast counts, but like, uh, otherwise it's just kind of. Well, you don't have any other friends besides I don't have any friends. So I'm just kind of (laughs) hold up and I'm like, if I learn a little bit of this stuff, maybe Uh some of it will stick. Yeah. And then, you know, what's weird. I, I will learn stuff and I'm like. Oh, they ask a lot about this, and 
this seems like something that I should know about, or I sure. should have learned at some point. Right. And either I never did, mm-hmm. or I learned it and quickly forgot about it. <laughs> it's like, man, there's there's just so much apparently important stuff that yeah. just never got through to me ever. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, what's surprising me in all this. It's it's one thing to learn the capital of an obscure country, uh-huh. but it's like, oh, this was a war where a million things happened and changed the course of humanity. No, never thought about it once until this moment. I think that's my favorite part about listening to like podcasts like The Dollop. They tell these stories that are like huge stories and like really important and just never heard of it. Yeah. Literally never. Like it just got lost to history. I have enjoyed watching the the good people on TV at night. Oh, yeah. Have you been watching that? Yes. <laughs> it's become a family thing this week. It was kind of fun. Oh, your kids watch Jeopardy? Uh, they do now. <laughs> <laughs> They're like strapped in their little high chairs. Yes. It's very... Um, uh, but uh, it, those were hard questions, man. All of those. <sighs> so I feel like, yay, I got the 200s. And I'm like, am I supposed to feel good about this or not? Yeah. I mean, I could get the 200s and I'm a literal idiot. I know. So. Right? There you go. So anyway. Um, well, cool. Um, Have fun on your trip. Thank you. You can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, Blueberry B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, you can order a cross-stitch from me at Bitches Get Stitched Done on Etsy. Um, you can email us at friendlyantheistpodcast at gmail.com if you have any uh, thoughts or concerns or criticisms. Um, we read them all and... Definitely take them all very seriously. I'm at Hemet Meta on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Go to FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Patreon. Patreon.com. Oh, go to iTunes and give us a review. There's been some really good one and two star reviews. Guess what? <laughs> Dudes don't like me. The story of my life. Break out your sword. <laughs> all, all right. right. We'll Talk to you, you next week. Bye. <laughs>